0: Hey guys, welcome to the He Said, She Said podcast with Josh and Danielle, where we talk about our marriage, family, and the everyday stuff that we all face. We don't always agree on everything, and we certainly don't have it all figured out, but we know that God does. We're so glad you're here. We're coming to you live from Disney's Hollywood studios.
1: You liar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've always wanted to say that. Not necessarily the Disney's Hollywood Studios, but, you know, watching football all my life and growing up with Brent Musburger on Saturday nights. He's a sportscaster, but he's always, we're coming to you live from the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. I've always wanted to say that, and now I did. It's like a bucket list item.
1: Well, congratulations. Thank you.
0: We're really not live from Disney. Um, We are... Coming to you pre-recorded from the studio, uh, but when you listen to this, uh, we will probably either be back in uh, Virginia, away from our wonderful magical Disney trip.
1: I hope it's wonderful and magical, because right now it's not so wonderful and magical. Danielle's and I'm a dealing nervous. with a
0: bout of vertigo today. I,
1: I have never in my life had these kind of weird symptoms that i'm having today like i can't walk in a straight line and if i move too fast the room starts to spin and i'm thinking we are t minus two days from going on our trip and i am just praying it away i wish i wish i could ask you guys for your advice but by the time you hear this we will be on our way back. So Hopefully
0: your bout with vertigo will be done.
1: Oh, I hope it's done in the next couple of I went home, even from work today, and I went and I slept for like two hours. And when I woke up, I turned over to get out of bed and I was like, nope, the room's still spinning. <laughs> so <laughs> I really hope that it resolves itself. It is the weirdest feeling. And I don't even know how to describe it other than like, I don't know. Like, my I head know. is swirling.
0: I've never, at least as far as I know, I've never had vertigo. I would assume that if I've experienced it that I would know it.
1: Oh, you would know but it. But I've
0: had plenty of ear problems throughout my life.
1: Yeah. I don't know what, so. what is going on, but you know what I did? I went on YouTube because, hello, YouTube has all the answers.
0: <laughs> it's like the doctor.
1: It's like the doctor. So I was like, okay, what do people do for vertigo? And they do all these weird, um, like, maneuver maneuver things like yeah
0: so she's been like turn your head flipping her head all over the place all day
1: yeah I have right before
0: we started I (laughs) saw you like (laughs) dipping your head down and flipping it back up I was like what is she doing I'm
1: trying to get these little I don't know calcium I guess they're calcium things I don't even know what they are but out of the canal in which they are residing they're crystals did you look it up
0: well I mean no I'm just smart
1: oh okay well the crystal things (laughs) I'm trying to get him out. And so these maneuvers, they make you do all these weird, like, upside down, <laughs> flip yourself over kind of things. And I'm like, you know what? At this point, I'm going to try anything because I'm two days away from my magical vacation that we've been planning for forever and ever. And I feel like um high as a kite. I don't know what that feels like, <laughs> but I imagined it's something like this, like really loopy feeling. I don't know.
0: Well, you sound good anyways. Thank you. You may not like. This is gonna Are sound you? really bad, but you may not look as good as you sound right now. But thank you. you. <laughs> you that's sound real fine. sweet. You look beautiful as well.
1: You liar! I just said I look a hot mess <laughs> right before we came in here, and you legit did not say anything. You weren't. Like, I didn't
0: hear you. No, but you lie. I did not hear you. you. Li- that's li- that's li- You're
1: <laughs> lying right I'm now. Not,
0: I promise, I did not hear you say that.
1: Uh, whatever. Any <laughs> anyhow. This is what we're dealing with today. Recently, um, our son, our little baby has been sick, too. It's been quite the week. It has been rough, y'all. He had an ear infection, got a super, super high fever, which we are, thanks to their wonderful father, all of our kids are prone to ear infections. I feel like you
0: said that tongue-in-cheek.
1: Yeah, of course. You're wonderful. <laughs> it's your <laughs> fault, man. <laughs> you gave I had, them your ears. I had
0: terrible ears as a child. Like, I had tubes, and then I had reconstructive surgery on both of my ears when I was 11. Because I, Danielle will tell you if she tells you the story that they did it because my ears stuck out like I was an airplane with wings, but that's not true. No, um, like
1: you were a car with both doors open. <laughs> you know, that's not sad. true either.
0: The reason and, that and then, I had the surgery done, it was not cosmetic Oh, no, at no,
1: all. no. I'm not saying that it was cosmetic. Like, you legit had a, a hole in your eardrum that they had to repair. I had holes in both of my eardrums, yes. But when they sewed your ears back, they did you a favor. That
0: is 100% They pinned them untrue. back for you a little
1: bit <laughs> because you look like you were about to take off. <laughs> that
0: is not true. <laughs> you can look at pictures of me from when I was a kid, and that is and not true. And your ears.
1: Duck out more than they do now. No. Anywho.
0: (laughs) So Kobe's had this problem this week with an ear infection. Yeah. And the bad thing is he doesn't doesn't take medicines well. No, and and when
1: he has an ear infection, he gets a really high fever and he can't keep anything down, so he can't take medicine anyways, which makes things uh, tricky um, because, you know, if he can't take medicine, he can't get better, so... Anyways, it's been a doozy of a weekend. Yeah,
0: it's been fun.
1: Yeah. Anyways. But here we are. Here we are. We're still surviving, people. We,
0: <laughs> we are We are surviving.
1: alive and kicking.
0: So you wanted to tell them about this mafia game that we played. We
1: played a really fun game of mafia i don't know if you guys have ever played this game before, but
0: basically it's a game where you essentially have a couple people that are picked out of the group to be the mafia and to um everybody goes to sleep and then those people you know point at someone that they want to eliminate from the game we'll say it that way um we'll keep it politically correct and when they (laughs) eliminate them from the game that person is no longer in the game obviously So we play this quite often with groups of people as we get together. We were together with some of our young adult friends this past week, and we played that game.
1: And I'm almost always the narrator. If I do play the game, you're the narrator, but usually I'm the narrator. Um, And I was narrating, um, particularly I'm thinking of the second game, and there were four people left. And two people were mafia, so basically mafia had already won. But Josh, like in his mind, like I know because I'm the narrator who mafia is. Okay,
0: we talked about our competitiveness on this this oh man podcast before, and I am I am very competitive. He is. So and Kira, so, one of the girls that was there, was already obviously. in the game before I had gotten a little bit. You know, I wasn't upset, but I was I was intense because intense there was there was this moment in the game where someone their strategy kind of threw the whole game off.
1: So in the previous game, in the previous game. And yeah. so we were sitting all at the end, our end of the table and Josh is at the other end of the table. And we were just laughing and laughing and laughing because he lost and his face was so it red it was not
0: re- my face was not. it was red. we were like
1: all looking at you like whispering to each other talking and laughing so hard because okay, you listen, took it so the way, seriously if i am
0: angry the way you know that i'm angry or that i'm very intense is and the vein i have this vein that <laughs> is right in the middle of my forehead runs down the middle of my forehead and it pops out and the teenagers when i was this past summer when we were going to camp they named it i forget what they named I it. i do but too i don't remember. anyways this vein that like pops out when i get really intense and that vein did not make a showing on sunday night.
1: It it kind of did a little bit. No, it, didn't. it did. We were laughing so hard because it was like, why did you do that? We would have won if you hadn't done that and he was like so upset. So the second game, we were like, we're going to get him. And it just so happened that Kira and Sam were the mafia that time and both Kira and Sam were still in the game. And there were two other people, Josh and one other guy and Um, So basically they had already lost. There was no way that they were going to be able to win. But Josh was like so adamant that Kira is, Kira is the mafia.
0: Well, she was.
1: And she was. But what he didn't realize is Sam was lying so well. And he doesn't, he usually can't. But he was doing such a good job. He did not realize that Sam was. So he's fighting hard to like try to win people over on his side And so they end up eliminating Kira, and he's thinking that he won. And I say, congratulations. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, mafia, you have won the game. You are literally the worst.
0: I was like, I wasn't mad at either of those moments, but- If there were one that made me more angry than the other, it would have been that one. I had convinced James, I had convinced Sam that Kira was the mafia and we needed to vote her off. And everybody did... And, and it didn't matter. It I didn't still lost it. It didn't matter.
1: And as a narrator, I could have ended the game when I realized that it was two and two and there was no way the town was gonna win. S- but I just wanted that sweet moment of and congratulations. And he's all cheering. So basically what she was doing
0: <laughs> what she was doing was just like you know, needling her husband. <laughs> I
1: and, was, and it was yes. wonderful. Oh, my
0: goodness. It was so That's why we need to have the conversation fun. that we're having today oh, about what? submission.
1: No, the young adults, they all loved <laughs> it. And we were all dying laughing because you were like, I won, I won. I convinced them to vote off Kira, and it didn't matter because you still lost anyways. Yes, I uh, lost. But yes. I will admit
0: it. I lost. Both of those rounds, I because lo- the first round, I was the Mafia. And I lost that very early in the game. Oh
1: yeah. That was like and, okay, we only we'll, eliminated yes, two people yes, we don't and we need eliminated to go the go mafia into details. <laughs> I just said. immediately
0: anyways. So I lost both games that yes. night. Yes. It wasn't a good night. It was fun. For game. It was
1: a great night for games.
0: Game playing for me. <laughs> anyways, as I said, we're having this. Com- we're finishing our conversation that we d- we started a few weeks ago um, on the expectations of the wife, right, in marriage. And so, w- one thing that we did not get to in the last conversation was one that was on your list, and that was
1: submission. Yeah,
0: the the word that nobody really likes to talk about, right?
1: And we did talk about how in my vows. When I got to this part, honor and obey, I had like the hardest time saying the word obey. <laughs> I struggled so so much, and it was, oh, it was it it was a, a trying moment. Everybody laughed like I said, but I knew that that was going to be a struggle for me. And I think you knew that was going to be a struggle for me too. Uh, yeah, because I'm just a. <laughs> Type A kind of a, this is how we get, this is how we're going to do it. But I think, like the, a great I, idea.
0: I think the, I think the, the awesome thing about you is that even though you are a type A individual and you are very, you know, uh, driven and headstrong, if I can use that word without sounding, uh, insulting. Um, you can use that word. That's okay, fine. Good. Cause it's, I just did.
1: It's appropriate.
0: <laughs> um, but e- even though those things are true is that you still, you you still make an effort to follow through with what, you know, what the Bible has called you to as far as submission is concerned.
1: Right. That's been a long, um, a long road for me. I think maybe the, I think somewhere along the way I realized that getting my own way was not the best way or even the right way. And so it, it, it has been a road For me not to assert myself and allow you to take the lead, especially because we don't always agree, you know? Especially because we have differences of opinions. And um, while one might not be right or wrong, I mean, there's still differences of opinions. And I have to give deference to you. And that is trying for me, but that's something that I've had to work on over the years. And I think, I don't know, I just realize somewhere along the way that you know God's model is the best model
0: so let me ask you this question though because I think that um well I'll I'll ask you and just be kind of kind of vulnerable in our marriage sure like have there and and be honest have there been things that I have done that have made that easier or things that I have done that have made that more difficult um, I'm throwing this at you. You were not prepared for this question, but I think it's a that good question. You have to, done. Th- that here's here's. The, I'll give you a second to think about sure. what I just asked while I talk. So here's the reason I asked that question because I think it's important for us as husbands to understand that there are ways that we can treat our wives and things that we can do that can make this easier for them or that can make it more difficult for them. And I think part of what we've been called to as husbands is to. Edify, encourage, build up our wives, build up our spouses in this area and and make this submission specifically, make this easier for them?
1: Yeah. So I would say that while I cannot think of anything in particular, um, just being completely honest Sometimes we tend to go through um, ebbs and flows in relationships. And even in um, how we treat one another, um, I feel like when you are kind of in a pattern of, I'll just say it this way, in a pattern of, like, selfishness. Like, I feel like, you know, right now he's thinking a lot about what he has to do, what he needs to get done, what he wants – um, that makes it more difficult for me, and and you. Are, I would say that early on in our marriage, that is kind of where you lived a little bit more, um, because it's hard when you're first, you know, joining two people in marriage to all of a sudden make it about the other person. Um, but when you're living in that pattern of selfishness, then I'm not sure if I can trust you to take my needs into consideration, or if you're just going to do what you want to do, as opposed to like where we live more now, which is when you're living in um, a pattern of selflessness, when I see that you're doing things for our family, when you're, um, you know, when you're putting our needs above your own, um, then it makes it more um, easy for me to trust you knowing that when, when you are making decisions um, that you are going to take our needs into consideration and that you're not just going to look out for what you want to do or how you think it should be done. You care about my opinion. You care about how it affects our family. You are looking out for the best interests of the family as a whole and not just of yourself as an individual.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's a, I think that's a key and you're right. I think at, you, you know, I would assume that for many people, as they make that adjustment into marriage from living as a single person, especially if you were single and on your own for quite some time. Right. There's an adjustment. um, That there's this adjustment that you have to make to begin to think about and consider the needs of another person above your own needs. And um, I don't remember if we if we uh, gave this definition of love on the podcast. I know I've shared it on our Facebook page. Um, but love is a sacrificial commitment for the, the good of another. And so, you know, I think when we, as we grow and mature and understand really what love is that I can, you know, I I understand that the sacrifices that I need to make as a dad, as a husband for the good of my family. And it's not all about me. It's about us.
1: Right, right.
0: And so one of the things that we talked about in our in our group here at church this week was um, moving from a a place we were talking about fighting well in marriage, using (laughs) using conflict. And we'll talk about this at some point on the podcast, but using conflict as a benefit to our marriage to be constructive rather than destructive, which conflict most often is. Um, But I think one of the ways that we can help in that is to to change from I speak talking about I you know, hate it when you or I wish you would to we speak where we realize that we're working together in this. And I think when our attitude changes from an attitude of selfishness to selflessness, it makes as as husbands, it makes the job of submission uh, for our wives that much easier, because let's be honest, this isn't an easy thing.
1: No, and it requires um, a lot of trust. And I think that, I mean, that's what it boils down to. It, it is easier to to submit to you when i feel like i can trust you and i can trust you to like i said um you know make decisions for based upon the good of the family you know what what do you think god wants for our family and not just what do you want or um you know, taking your needs into consideration. And then I feel like I can trust you.
0: Right, um, right. So, yeah. yeah. So let me let me kind of read a passage of scripture here, just real quick, that we can use as kind of our launching point. Um, because I think it's important for us to understand that the Bible does call... The, the wife to this. This is not something that we've made up. It's not something that's popular in our culture. It's not even something that's popular necessarily in church culture as a whole today, but it is something that the Bible encourages and something that the Bible calls uh, the, the wife to. So look at 1 Peter chapter 3, unless you're driving or something, then please keep your eyes on the road. But <laughs> 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number one says, "'Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husband's now, I want to just stop right there for just a second and say this as we start this conversation, that the Bible does not call women to be submissive to men. Right. Okay, so the Bible doesn't say, likewise ye women, be in submission to all men. That's not what it says. It says, right. wives, be in subjection to your own husbands.
1: Right. And unfortunately, I I, I feel like sometimes in, in our circle, sometimes, that that's not how it's viewed or even how— um a lot of people remember it. Some, yeah. I I think a lot of times just to be honest that um women are maybe looked looked down on as second class citizens um with the men lording themselves kind of over. Yeah. So yeah, that, it, that's an important thing to
0: note. And I think that goes beyond just as you said our circles um into a wider cultural problem that um that we have. Sure. As a culture. Sure. Um, but anyways, the Bible calls you to be in subjection or submissive to your own husbands, not to all men. Look at verse number one, that if any obey not the word, this is interesting. We'll talk about this in a minute. That if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation or the, the, the lifestyle of, uh, of their wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating of the hair, wearing of gold, putting on of apparel. Not that those things are wrong. That's not what that's not what the Bible's saying here. Um, but that shouldn't be the focus. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great, of great price. Uh, for after this manner in the old time, the holy women... Also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah—so we have an example here from the Old Testament—even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord—now, that's kind of weird that the Bible would say that, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute—whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Okay? So, let's talk, first of all, as we get into this conversation, um, about what submission is not. Okay. Um, can we do that? Sure. Is that all right? That's so, fine. so let me, let me just kind of throw a couple things out there and we'll, we'll talk about them. I've got six or seven, uh, different things that submission is not a couple, a few of them kind of overlap, so We'll talk about them together. But first of all, submission is not servanthood. Um, so do you know what I mean by that? Like enlighten me. Okay. It's, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not that you are my servant. And so I think that, you know, I don't think that this is the overwhelming majority of people's understanding of submission today, but I think there was a time when people looked at submission as the wife is the servant of the husband, almost. She should be you know, um, in the kitchen or she should be, you you know, you know what I'm saying? Those, those old kind of, uh, mentalities, I think that, that were often held. Sure. And that's not at all what the Bible is talking about when it's talking about submission. So submission is not servanthood and it's not, um, it's not fear. Like if you look down at verse number six, um, is it verse six? No, verse, uh, Yeah. Verse six, even as Sarah, but Abraham calling him Lord whose daughters you are as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. So I guess husbands, what I'm saying here is that our wives should not be submitting to us because they're afraid of us uh, or or because we're treating them in a way that they feel like we are, you know, going to going to, I don't know, um, hurt them or punish them or treat them differently if they don't obey every word that we say. Um, do you have anything to add to that?
1: Yeah. Um, I I just wanted to note that 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 means it's voluntary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not coerced. It's not forced. Um, but it it is something that is willingly done, and it's a spirit of the heart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. It's it's and, and in that, again, there's so much of, like I, I hope you guys are getting like the tenor of this conversation. The way that I want to approach this is from a, from a husband to a wife. It's not that, you, you know, um, as husbands, we have the responsibility here to 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 be to our wives what they need us to be so that they can do this. Now the interesting thing is back in verse one, okay, where the Bible says, "If the wives be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, uh, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives." And so, um, let me finish saying what this is not before we, before I get too far into that. But there in verse number one, this is not necessarily agreeing with your husband a hundred percent of the time. Danielle, do we ever agree a hundred percent of the time?
1: Ever agree?
0: Do we agree 100% of the time?
1: <laughs> we do not agree 100%. Of, what, what do you think? Now let's just take a little brief commercial here. <laughs> what do you think the accurate percentage of our agreements are? I don't know if that's how you say it, but I'm feeling a little dizzy. so I don't know. I, I,
0: I have no idea how to put a number on that. I would say maybe like – 80% I would, 80% of the time
1: I, w- I would say probably probably I was gonna say
0: 75 like 20% of the time we have to come to a an a, an agreement either to disagree or to use we speak instead of I speak
1: I think that 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 percentage is higher than it used to be <laughs> much higher than it used what, to be you mean
0: that the perc- what do you mean the percentage of us agree yes oh yeah probably <laughs> yeah like
1: the longer we've been together the more we do agree on things. And you know what? That makes it a lot easier.
0: Well, and I think that that is just a product of selflessness, like us both understanding and learning how to how to be more selfless for the other person.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: yep. Okay. So anyways, um, it's Sorry. not it's not agreeing <laughs> with your spouse 100% of the time. So let's go back to verse one there. Okay. Verse one says that you may win him with your conversation, right? So- what does that mean? Like, what does it mean that um, that, that the Bible would say here that, that you may win your husband with the com- your conversation? Well, I said as I was reading it that the conversation there is not your speech only. It is your speech, but it's not just your speech. It's also your lifestyle, the way that you live. And so in this, in this passage, 1 Peter 3, 1, be in subjection to your husbands that if any obey not the word. Okay, so this could be a saved man, it could also be an unsaved man, but what it's saying is that this man is not obeying God's word. He's not being the head of the house as he should, as we talked about in the two episodes on the husband's responsibilities. He's not leading the family in the way that he should. Maybe he's far from God. Maybe he's completely unsaved. But it's interesting that the wife, even though she's submitting and living in subjection to her own husband, she's not in 100% agreement with him, right? Right. I mean, there in verse in verse one, it says that the way that she lives is going to maybe change his his way of living. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. The way the the way that she conducts herself and the fact that she subjects herself to him and subject here is word nerd alert. Hupotasso, (laughs) which means you have to bring. There's always got to be one. (laughs) There's always got to be one. Um, It just means to arrange under to subordinate yourself basically so um by the way that she lives and how she gives deference to him is is part of her lifestyle and in doing that she can win him win him um not just his affections for her but maybe draw him closer to the lord um, maybe even salvation, um, and if he's already saved, maybe help him to be a god a godly man, a, a man who wants to to serve to serve God.
0: Yeah, and I think that is the point here that you know the the, the way that you submit and find yourself in subjection to your husband, even when you disagree, uh, it, it, that, that lifestyle, that conversation, the way that you live in front of them, reflecting Jesus, reflecting God in their life wi- will, will win them. Um, sure.
1: And I just want <clears throat> to, to take a brief side, side note here that this, this verse starts with the word likewise and likewise is referring to what's happening before it. Yeah. So Josh, what is happening before it? What is Likewise referring to. Are
0: you trying to like stump me here and embarrass me in front of all these people? You know the
1: answer to this. I (laughs) wouldn't ask you if I didn't think you knew the answer.
0: (laughs) So likewise, if we go back to chapter two, that's what you're referring to, That's what I'm referring to because it's a continuation, right? We talked
1: about that before. We put in... Or historically, we put in the chapter. Yes. And so so actually, I'm glad you
0: asked this question because I meant to cover this before we before we jumped into. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) But if you go back to chapter two, especially I'm not going to take the time to read them, um, but especially verses nine through 20 um, in chapter two, what we have there is is Peter telling people even in, in that chapter, hey, submit to the authority in your life. Okay, so submission here is not just a call to submit to from for wives to submit to uh, their their husbands, but it's a call for all of us to submit to the authority that God has placed in our lives. That number one authority would be God Himself, and so if I as a husband and am submitted to God, then that's going to make it a whole lot easier for my wife to submit to me. the The second authority in chapter two that that um, is specifically mentioned is um, is government. Look at verse 13, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme um, or unto the governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. And so really to submit to the, the ordinance that God has created in government. And then he even goes further than that in verses eight, verse eighteen through verses 18 through 20, and he talks about servants submitting themselves to their masters. And even masters that are unworthy of their submission. And so I, I think it's important to point that out because it's not just that that Peter is calling wives to submit to ungodly husbands here.
1: Right. And and I think that um you got to chapter or verse twenty in that chapter, verse twenty-one through verse twenty-five talks about um Jesus. Jesus being an example. Um and how and we've talked about this, I think, in the past, but Jesus Subjecting himself to God, putting himself under, subordinating himself. First um, Corinthians fifteen twenty eight says, "And when all things shall be subdued unto Him, then shall the Son also Himself be subject unto Him that put all things under Him, that God may be all in all." And I think that that is referencing um, this here. And in First in, in Peter chapter two, near the end, we talk about um, how Jesus. Um also voluntarily, you know, took upon him the form of man and, and died on the cross for us. And how he responded when um, when when people were maybe not treating him. and um, what what did that look like? and and in First <coughs> Peter three, it says, he didn't revile, mm-hmm. um, which is mock or condemn um, those that were over him. That were subjecting himself to subjecting him to you know um, this cruel treatment. There was no guile in his mouth. He threatened not. He judged righteously, and I just got to thinking like if a wife responds in that way, like Jesus responded um, to her husband, you know, there's no mocking him. There's no deceit. Um, she's not threatening him. She's not. Um, she's not treating him unkindly and she's she's looking to Christ as an example of how she should be living, um, then her conversation and she's subjecting herself to him, then her conversation um can win him.
0: Right, right. Yeah, because he's seeing the example of Christ through her. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that's a great point. Okay, so it's not servanthood, submission is not. It's not it's not fear. It's not agreeing with your your husband a hundred percent of time a hundred percent of the time. It's not that you don't think for yourself it's not that you blindly follow and accept everything that your husband says i mean you don't leave your brain at the altar so to speak you you keep that with you and and husbands i think this is this is where we have to have to take some responsibility and onus upon ourselves to say, okay, when we have big decisions to make as a family, when we have big decisions to make about our about our our marriage and about um, next steps that we're going to take in our lives, we don't just go into those things, you know, uh, um, head first without the the consultation of our wife, because God has given them to us for a purpose. And part of that purpose is to help us as we make these big decisions in life because she has a a unique perspective that I don't have.
1: Right. And I appreciate hearing you say that. Um, I know sometimes when you and I have disagreements, I feel like, oh, he's not even listening to me. But I understand that you do and that you value my opinion, even even though sometimes I, I don't feel it. Um, but I think you're right. I think that God put us together and gave us um e- each an individual perspective, and He speaks to both of us um and a a wife can have um an influence over her husband, yeah, and that is a a big responsibility for us because we do i mean the Bible says your conversation can win your husband. Well, that means we have a lot of power Mm -hmm. and we can use that power to encourage our husband to um, to lift him up. And like we talked about last week and and to even give him um, wisdom that we see and maybe that he fails to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, again, I think that 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 what you just said that he fails to see is not a, it's not a slight on husbands. No, it's not a slight on on on, you know, me as the head of uh, of our home. But it's an understanding that God has has given each of us a unique perspective. Absolutely. That we are to work together to. We're working towards the same goal. We're better together. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Okay, so it's not that you don't think for yourself. It's, It's not putting your husband's will before God's will. Okay, let me say that again. It's not putting your husband's will before God's will, because there are times that you that that in this unique perspective that there might be some things that that, you know, whether it's a job move or whether it's a, uh, you know, a a relocation of your family or whether it's a, a discipline issue with the kids that you might diverge in the way that you feel like you should move forward right and that's not a time just to push forward and for husbands to just push their agenda or for wives to just push their agenda onto their husbands it's a time for you two to come together and take a step back and say okay how do we actually need to move forward because obviously God has God has brought this together. God has brought this union together. God is not going to allow—God is not the author of confusion. Therefore, God is not going to allow us to both have different opinions about how we should move forward. God, We've got to take some time to talk to each other and figure out what God actually wants.
1: Right, and I think that sometimes that is easier said than done. For sure. Um, I think that in our lives, in our family— you and I have a different perspective on how things should be handled, handled, especially, um, concerning discipline. And so our, um, I think sometimes like when we feel like a situation needs to be handled, I will handle it one way and I can see you like, I'm not, you're like, I'm not going to say anything, but you have this face and I can see it. And I'm like, I know he would handle this differently. And that's the time that we need to take a step back and we need to discuss, okay, if you don't agree with how I'm handling this, then let's discuss together how we, sh- how we feel it should be handled. And at that point is where I-, I honestly, when I see you making that face and we do talk about it, I have to learn to give deference to you right, and to submit right. in that situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is I think one one area in which you and I kind of diverge just because we have different personalities and different styles. Yeah. I honestly am a little bit more like no black and white kind of person. And I'm like, no, you did the wrong thing. Like this is not right. And we need well, to Well, your deal spiritual
0: with this. gift is not mercy.
1: It is not oh, mercy. Lord. And
0: that, that I would <laughs> identify that as one of mine.
1: It is. And sometimes I'm like, babe, that is too much mercy. <laughs> And so, and so it's difficult that, that is difficult.
0: And I I think it's important to point out too, that those conversations don't happen in front of our kids.
1: No, they don't.
0: Um, That in that moment when mom is disciplining or when dad is disciplining and we disagree that that's not the time to have the conversation right then and there. Right. Uh, One, because our emotions are high in that moment. Sure. And two, because it, it, totally throws into question the authority of mom or dad right to the kids so right. um different it, discussion it undermines for different day. the other person right
1: but you're right um i need to give deference to you in right. that area but
0: okay so we talked about what submission is not let's talk briefly about then what is submission like why is this why is this necessary well first of all it's necessary because god has called you to it um, right. So, I mean, if God calls you to something, whether male or female, it doesn't matter. You do it right. because God called you to it. So that's why it's important. I mean, number one, um, you know, we could really end the conversation there. We're not going to, but that's. that's I'm
1: very <laughs> black and white. And I said to him, I don't know if I said this before, but I'm like, I don't know how great I am at this podcast because I'm like, um, the Bible says, so that's it. Let's yes. do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything else to say. <laughs>
0: Okay, so th- w- what is submission? Why do we do it? We do it, or or you know, you ladies do it for your uh, your husbands because God has commanded it,
1: right? Um, I think about Ephesians five, yeah. verse twenty two: "Wives, submit yourselves unto your husband as unto the Lord." I mean, how clear? How much clearer could it be? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but it's an attitude of affirmation. I don't know if if on our previous podcast, I can't remember. But we were going back and forth about those things that we we saw as important as qualities in a wife. Um, And one of the things that I had down was that she's supportive and affirming. I don't remember if we talked about that, but this is where that comes in, in, in submission, that she's supportive, she's affirming, she's giving deference to her husband as the head of the house and allowing him to lead how he has been called to lead. Right. um the question will always come up well, well, then, what if my husband isn't the leader that he's been called to be? well, then I think the answer lies in first Peter three one you still submit you you still do what you've been called to do and pray that by your conversation that you will win him
1: right sometimes that's um that's very very difficult to watch um and sometimes, just just as as in child-rearing, you, you kind of have to let your child fail. Yeah. You have to let your child fall. Um, sometimes, as a wife, you have to see a decision that your husband is making and give deference to him. And knowing, knowing just, you know— Knowing that he's gonna fail, honestly. Yeah, so knowing actually, that he's gonna fall.
0: Actually, this is one of the things that I wrote down underneath this. What what is submission? Is that what? It, what does a wife do when a husband's decisions lead the family or lead himself into like failure or into um, sin? Um, I, I think that there's different responses depending on you know what. Whether it's, you know, we're going down this road of, of sinful disobedience and, and open disobedience to God's will, um, but, but what should she do? Well, first of all, I think she should lovingly let him know. This Submission doesn't mean that you just sit back and do nothing. Submission doesn't mean that you, you're just a yes woman and right. everything that I do and say, you just say yes. That's not what submission is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's that you lovingly let me know. You've been called to be my help meat. Right. And so you lovingly let me know. It's not that you blindly follow. Uh, the, uh, the next step I think you take is pray for wisdom.
1: Mm-hmm. God,
0: how do I, okay, my husband is not leading the way he should. My husband is leading our family in this wrong direction. I need to submit. I know that. God, how do I do this? How do I submit? And how do, I, how do I tell him that m- maybe the decisions he's making aren't the greatest?
1: Yeah, and um, I think going back to um, lovingly approach him about this, there is a right way and a wrong way to do this and a right time and a wrong time to do this. And sometimes I struggle in this area um, because uh, for a very long time I stayed at home. And so when... I'm stewing (laughs) I'm stewing about something or something is on my mind and you come home like very very tired and you're just worn out from the day and you just want to come home to like your oasis your house and have some peace and quiet I'm like there, ready to pounce and that is not the right time to be discussing these things and I have to learn to gauge and I've had to learn to gauge um when to do it but also how to do it and in what tone um because when I'm emotionally charged that is not really the right time to do it and the older I get the more I realize that I have to separate myself emotionally from the situation and think about things more objectively um and, and then it can be much, much more easily received um, when there is a disagreement and you do have to approach someone.
0: Yeah, and I think that's probably a good place for us to kind of wrap, begin to wrap this conversation up. Because my last thing that I had down here was, um, what, do, what do you do when your husband's decisions lead the family in the wrong way? You lovingly let him know. You don't follow blindly. You pray for wisdom. And then ultimately you speak up. You right. find the right time to do it after you've asked God for wisdom and after you've prayed. But ultimately you speak up. And so, um, you know, I think that that's important for wives to let their husbands know, Hey, I do love you. And I do love our family. And we're, we're pulling in the same direction on this rope and we're going, we're, we're going down the road the same way, but you know, we, we need to, we need to work together.
1: Right. Right. So I, I think that for us ladies, we have to remember that we need to do this willingly with a willing spirit. Um, it needs to be voluntary it also is going to require a lot of humility on our part um, because it's not easy to give deference to someone else um, because of our sin nature we want what we want and we're filled with pride we want to control the situation um, and Ephesians 4 verse 1 through 3 says um, we should um, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we're called with all lowliness and meekness with long suffering for bearing one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. You want to keep unity. Um, you want there to be peace and, um, in your home. Then it's going to require you to, to um, be humble in this, in this situation. And it's going to require, like we talked about, a lot of trust. Do you, do you trust your spouse to lead your family? Do you trust God ultimately is what it is. Do you trust God and the plan that he laid out for the family? Um, the Bible says in Romans, um, excuse me, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God has ordained the family, and he has organized the family in this way. Ultimately, you have to ask yourself, am I going to trust God and the plan that he's laid out for the family? And am I going to trust my husband to lead our family? Um,
0: Yeah, and, and I think that that's a good place for us to say this, that each of us have spiritual gifts if we're saved. Each of us have spiritual gifts that we have been given at the point of our salvation. And those spiritual gifts are given to us not just for ministry to the church. Yes, for ministry to the church and within the church, but also for wider ministry and our families, our spouses, they are our first ministry. Mm-hmm. And so our gifts are given to us and they complement one another. Mm-hmm. And if I recognize that I have gifts maybe that you don't have and you have gifts that maybe I don't possess, and God has given us uh, God has given us those gifts to be used inside of ministry and our family is ministry, then we can work together to accomplish a beautiful thing.
1: Right. And that's what you know that's what God, you know in Jeremiah 29 it says, that it's for us. Yeah. You know, he's not doing this to us. He's not, um, yeah, he's doing it for us, yeah, for our yeah. good. And this is the way that he's laid it out for a reason. And so we can trust that he's put us together with these different gifts to edify one another, to work together, um, to accomplish his will. And
0: okay. So your gift is not mercy. It's not mercy. Um, <laughs> one of, one of my spiritual gifts, giftings is mercy um so what is one of yours administration yes she is definitely an administrator and i am not like we are i cannot like i hate administration honestly i'm not good at it i hate it it. i hate organizing things i I, love it anyways so, um, so we
1: balance each other. Yes. Like as opposite as opposite could be. Administrator and mercy. <laughs> and that, I think, probably is, is why we've struggled a little bit because, I mean, you would think of an administrator as a leader and someone who um, gives mercy to people as, you know, more of a loving Go with the flow, kind of a person, and that's exactly how our personalities are, yep. and our giftings fit in that way. And and so me having to be um, more go with the flow, and you having to take charge of our family and be the leader, and me giving deference to you is a challenge. And but that's it why. is
0: healthy when we can when we can realize and admit that you know you possess that gift and I don't possess that gift right. because I think for so long I felt like. Well, you know, and partly because my role as a pastor, you know, there is some administration that takes place and I can do it if I have to. It's just not something I enjoy. Like I would much rather allow somebody else to administrate Mm -hmm. uh, things than than have to do it myself. But when we can admit our weaknesses and say, I'm going to let somebody else take over there, not that, you know, I'm saying I'm not going to be the head head of the family or the leader of our family, but when I can admit my weaknesses and say, you know, I'm going to staff in my weaknesses or I'm going to allow other people to help me in those areas, then it it makes it so much easier. Right. We can work together
1: and we can have a happy, loving, peaceful home. Yeah. More, 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 unless we're playing a game. Hey, listen, uh, thanks. (laughs) Right. Exactly.
0: Unless we're playing a game. Uh, Thanks for joining us once again this week. Hey, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the, he said, she said podcast. This weekend is Easter. Have a happy, happy Easter. Enjoy celebrating the resurrection of our Lord on Sunday. It's hard to believe that we're already into April almost. Yeah. Maybe when this airs, it will be April. Yeah. Will it be? Yes, It'll April be 1st. Okay, yeah, It'll yeah. will be April right. 1st. April Fool's, <laughs> April everybody. Fools. We
1: didn't even celebrate April Fool's <laughs> right. Day. Oh, I, I just have to say one quick thing before we go. I know it's getting long. I want to talk about the April Fool's joke I did on you last year. Oh, my
0: goodness. You guys,
1: okay. I don't usually do jokes. But last year, I was Marco Poloing with some of my friends, and they were, like, talking about what they were going to do. And so I had this genius idea to get his favorite sweatshirt hoodie, and I sewed up the neck (sighs) hole. (laughs) Uh, and I went upstairs to talk to him while he was changing out of his work clothes into his, like, afternoon clothes. And he always puts on this hoodie. And he was like, he, he put the sweatshirt on. And his head didn't come through because I sewed up the neck hole. And he struggled. He struggled so hard. And he took it off. And he was just looking so confused. And he looked at it. And he tried to put it back on again. And he could not figure out. I wish, I so wish that I had videoed that because I that was a cried laughing. <laughs> it was so funny. I had never done one, and I was so proud of myself uh, that I really pulled it off. <laughs> it was so great. Anyways, happy, happy April, April Fools, Fool's Day.
0: And have a great weekend. Have a wonderful Easter.
1: Yes, happy
0: Easter. See you guys next week. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us this week on He Said, She Said. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave us a review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it's been a blessing.